Welcome to Our Lord's Community Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community of worship and formation on mission with Jesus. Our desire for you as you listen is to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit as we read the scriptures and to be mobilized to actively bring God's kingdom to the earth. For more information on who we are, visit OLCC.org or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at OLCCOKC. Okay, everyone. I'll explain in just a minute why these folks are up here. As they come up here. Luke, he gets lost in it. Welcome, everyone. Glad you're here. I will explain in just a moment what these people up here are doing. This week is Veterans Day on the 11th, so why don't we have our veterans uh, stand up and let's just honor them and respect them. Will you mind standing up and thank you for your service. Thank you for serving. Appreciate it very much. So I wanted to give a quick, brief update again with lots of people traveling and things that are, that are going on, a name update reminder. And if you were here, Todd Glass and I talked a few weeks ago. We took the month of October to uh, change our name. And we had to do that because the RCA required it. As we are graciously separating from the RCA and joining the Vineyard Movement, we were required to change our name. And we referenced that several weeks ago, and we're just going to continue to to talk about that. I did a little brief video in the email that went out, but we're going to be All Saints Community Church. And some of you, you've already heard that, some of you haven't. And there are all kinds of nuances around that, but it was a team effort. The Greater Consistory, that is our previous elders and elders and wives, we deliberated, we put a number of name options and a hat, and then we talked about it and we made sales pitches on each of those names, and then we had some constructive debate, and then we settled unanimously on All Saints Community Church. Some people might say, well, I thought it was going to be All Saints Vineyard Church. And there's some some reasoning behind that. I had referenced one thing Ronnie Ladd had pointed out. It was one of the reasons they came to this church was the name community in it. So there were some really compelling arguments that were proposed and it adds continuity to our church, our roots. So, you know, it was just a consensus coming together. I had proposed some using the vineyard, but the reason, the wisdom uh, behind this was uh, compelling. So we're going to be All Saints Community Church and we're in the thick of changing the signage and all of that. So they've given us up to two years to change everything. It won't take us that long. That was nice of them, but we are going to be All Saints Community Church. So in the meantime, you might hear our Lords a little bit. You might hear All Saints a little bit. And I'll be talking more about that in a couple of weeks. 
Um, as we're in this series, what is the Holy Spirit saying to the churches? Uh, Al is going to preach next week. These beautiful people up here today are going to be talking. We're going to have a panel, a roundtable on what is the Holy Spirit saying to the churches. And so I'm excited about this. They've been leaning in for a couple weeks. They've been listening, and they haven't really shared with one another. We thought we'd keep it kind of fresh and spontaneous. They're going to be sharing what the Holy Spirit has been saying to them. Because this is a value at our church. We've already referenced this, but we believe God first and foremost speaks through the scriptures, but we believe that the New Testament gives us a model that the apostles and the early disciples and followers of Jesus heard the Lord speak through the scriptures, but also through the voice of the Holy Spirit that was always in line with the word of God. So today's plan, we are, I'm going to make a few comments about prophecy in the local church, and then we're going to have this round table discussion, this panel, and I'm going to ask them, how did you hear God over the past few weeks? And what did you hear? And then we're going to be kind of flexible here. We're going to probably pause at times and drill down into certain responses, certain things that they have. But really, I want more than anything for us to see, and I put a slide up here. If you'll put the slide up there of the person in the spotlight, if you can find that. You see up there? We're talking about prophecy in the local church, and this is what we don't want right here. Oftentimes, prophetic people end up on a stage, and it's the one person, the lone ranger prophet, and it is not healthy. It's not good for anyone. And so I want us, even what we're representing here this next thing I think is the heart of God for what prophecy looks like in the local church. See, we got the loan deal. That's prophecy in the local church right there. So for you visual people, it's about team and it's about collaboration. And I've just been thinking about this for several years, but you know, there are profoundly gifted people. That is their main thing and they're prophesied, but we gotta make sure that we don't just put them on the spotlight on the stage, but it really is about grassroots collaboration. And truthfully, at this stage right now, and I've been around some people that have an extraordinary gift of prophecy, I would much rather highlight, underscore, and cultivate grassroots prophecy in the local church. That is what we're after, that right there. So everyone getting to play, everyone getting to contribute, and frankly, that is what Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 12, isn't it? So 1 Corinthians 12, 10 specifically talks about the gift of prophecy in the local church among the other nine gifts. Now some of you might say, why are you highlighting prophecy? There's many reasons, but one is Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, 1 and 2, pursue all the gifts, all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but especially the gift of prophecy. Why? One reason is because the gift of prophecy calls out the other gifts in the church. Prophecy is the eyes in the church. And so we emphasize it because Paul lays down that apostolic teaching and says it. But something about hearing God, reporting what God is saying, and calling out the gifts in other people, that's the essence of the gift of prophecy. So, Another thing I want you to do in the, the coming week and 
couple weeks is to look at 1 Corinthians 14. We reference it quite often, and I've already mentioned verses 1 and 2 talk about desiring earnestly the gift of prophecy because it builds up the church. It calls out the other gifts. It leads to 1 Corinthians 14, 29, people saying, God is really among you. How did you know that? God is speaking. And then lastly, I would say we are committed to all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Are we, church? All the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we try to highlight and emphasize those as much as possible. But as Paul says at the end of the chapter, we do all of it decently and in order. So we are committed not to an absolute frenzy where people are doing and speaking over each other. and do, That is what Paul was addressing in 1 Corinthians 14. He said, don't ever despise the gift of tongues or forbid it or the gift of prophecy, but do everything decently and in order. And so we're laying that down. We're leaning into that, what Paul has taught. So these folks here, what I'm going to have you do as you share is just say your first and last name because we've got some new folks here. We have a good mix of walks of life up here, and I'm thankful for these people joining the discussion. So what I'm going to ask is, how do you hear God? As you were leaning in over the last couple of weeks, how did this come to you, what you're going to share? Let's just take a few minutes to do that, and then we'll hear what you have to say. Who wants to go first? Uh, my name is Sam Cockrell, um, and really, I don't know, it's kind of like any way that God wants to, to speak. Sometimes, like, I'll have a dream and like, and then sometimes it's a pizza dream and it's real weird, but then sometimes like after I pray through it and everything, I'm like, oh wait, this means something. And, um, so he'll, he'll speak that way. And then, um, a lot of times in the way it's, it's really been recently is, um, as I'm going throughout my day, uh, scripture will like pop into my mind, like, uh, like John 14, 13, um, whatever you do, uh, or anything you ask in my name, I will do. So it glorifies the father in heaven or something like that. I'm not quite good at memorizing. Um, but that's kind of been how he's been speaking recently. And really it's, it's most of the time, like I'm worshiping, I'm praising my car or something like that. And then there's kind of like a, a point that I don't know, just in this, I don't know, may, may sound strange, but it's kind of just how I experience it. There's a point where he sort of breaks in, and then maybe it's a word that's in a song or something like that, but then he will kind of start to draw out of that something that he wants to, to share with me. And maybe it's for myself, maybe it's for the church, maybe it's for another person, maybe it's a person next to me in traffic. That, that's happened before, and that's kind of fun. But, um, and so that's, that's just kind of how, how I hear yeah. My name is Melissa King, and a lot like Sam, sometimes it's through dreams. Uh, a lot of time it's, it's really just learning to listen because God is speaking to us all the time. It can be um, in casual conversations that you're having with friends. Something just kind of clicks, and you just start thinking about it over and over and over. Songs you hear on the radio, things that just pop up out of your mind from childhood. And the more you start asking, what are you trying to say? The more the Lord starts really speaking it to you. But the reality is he's speaking all the time. It's really tuning our ears to listen to what he said. Hi, I'm Luke. Um, 
Worship was really good today, and I feel like it's still sitting on me. And so if I seem shaky, it's because I very much am. Um, I was convinced entirely I was not prophetic. That was just not my gifting. I had other giftings. Um, And then I started really diving deep into the word um, and memorizing scripture and meditating on it daily. And for, for me personally, you know, I don't really get like pictures, you know, when I hear from God or phrases, I, I, I just kind of hear through the lens of scripture, uh, especially when practicing the prophetic. And so, you know, if anyone out there, you know, when you pray for people, you try to close your eyes and hear from God and you just hear nothing, uh, that, that, was, that was me. And it, it really took, in a, 1 Corinthians 14, it says, um, excel in the gifts that build up the church. You know, there's this essence of growing in the giftings. Um, And for me, that just kind of took the dirty work of getting into the scripture. And now when I pray, I just get verses for people. And so I really kind of hear God, not exclusively, but for me, almost exclusively through the word. So, Um, Yeah, three main ways, I think, through dreams and then through study of the word, like Scripture we call for sure, but when I'm studying a passage, I'm being present to the context and what God's doing there, but then also I'm asking him what is for me or what is for us now, and something will usually pop out, and I'll just start praying that like an arrow prayer, and then the third way is just through my everyday normal life. Um, Like you both said, there's um, a weight to something your kids say randomly or Um, a couple weeks ago, Todd and I were flying to Phoenix and as we flew in and we were looking out the window at the topography, he said, when was the last time you were in Phoenix? And I was like, I've never been to Phoenix. And even though we were just having like a a random conversation, there was weight to that. And I felt the Lord say, press in. And so I did. And I just felt like he was saying, the land I'm taking you is unfamiliar. So I want you to stay close to me. So that's just like a example of just everyday random conversation or things in life events that you feel a weight to and you just press in? Um, I've been dreaming since I was little, but not until I came to Jesus when I was 30 did I realize that God was speaking to me, and so that's been a lifelong thing. Um, I see pictures in my mind, sometimes moving pictures, when I'm pressing in to, usually the Lord will drop someone on my heart, on my mind, and I'll say, so what do you want me to pray for them today? And he'll show me through pictures. Um, had a really interesting one happen this time. I uh, started waking up every morning at 5.20. And it happened for about 10, 14 days. And finally, I thought, are you speaking to me about something? (laughs) And I got my Bible out and I started in Genesis and I looked at every single scripture in the whole Bible that had a 520 to it and he spoke to me through that. I wanna hear all that. Wouldn't that be quite a sermon? I do wanna comment. Some of you say, uh, I have not really seen this on a Sunday morning in lieu of the sermon. But we also want to uh, be open to variety, don't we? So we know here one of our passions is that everyone gets to play. And so there are times we hold up the word of God, right? We hold it up in worship. We do that. But there are times for us to bring the word in a different way. Would you agree? So everything we do, we want it to be shot through and founded on scripture. And so that's what I'm just thinking. I'm, I'm hearing the word come up 
over and over again. And I remember early on being around the prophetic and I sensed the Lord tell me, if you want to hear from me, I've given you quite a few words right there in that book. So if you'll get in that book each day, you will hear from me. And I was like, yes, sir. That's a good, that's a good word. Um, some people might say, too, Luke was addressing, you know, am I prophetic or not? If you are a follower of Jesus, if you are baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God lives in you, you are a prophetic person. Period. That's it. What does Acts 2 say? The Spirit of God is poured out on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. And so the truth is, the whole church is prophetic. We're prophetic people. Christ is in us. And who is the greatest prophet who's ever lived? Jesus. Christ in us gives us. Now we'll have different measures and expressions of that. Just like we're all called to serve or we're all called to be hospitable. Some may do it more and more regularly than others. It's the same with the gift of prophecy. So friends, if you're hearing this for the first time and you're a follower of Jesus, you are gifted and called to hear the Lord's voice and to speak that. It's as simple as that. Um, I think just as a warning, like when I say, um, and when we're saying we're looking for things in our everyday life, I don't think it's the same as like going to look for signs in the clouds. And I think whenever I'm asking God or pressing into something random like that, I have bumper, like bumper lanes when you're bowling, the word of God, and then your community, your people. Um, those just keep us from becoming like sign seekers that gets unhealthy because he can speak to us through everything. But So each thing that's been referenced so far, it's in the scriptures. And if you get in and read the prophets, for example, Jeremiah 1 the Lord is actually speaking with this young prophet named Jeremiah, and he's saying, Jeremiah, what are you seeing right now? And Jeremiah said, well, I see the branch of a tree. And the Lord is saying, good. The Lord is training him in his prayer time to see images in his mind. What is that about? Someone could say, well, that's Old Testament. But then if you flip over and look at Acts 11, Peter is doing the same thing. He's in a prayer time, and he has a vision of a sheet with animals, right? a rather strange thing, and the Lord speaks to him through images in his mind. So it's Old Testament and it's New Testament. Now, can that get weird quick? Anybody seen it done strangely? Yes. Now, do we throw the baby out with the bathwater and not do it because of that? Of course not. We just seek to do it right and to do it biblically. But friends, if you read the book, there's some stuff in there that's going to stretch you. There is. It's the way it is. All of the prophets would be walking along through their normal everyday activity, and the word of the Lord would come to them. Jeremiah, later on, he's walking by a, a potter's shack, and the word of the Lord comes to him as he's watching the potter form the clay. So I agree with what Melissa is saying. The Lord speaks to us all the time. Do we listen? And if we have the word of God in us, that becomes the filter and the plumb line. All right? Further thoughts on that? Or we wanna, why don't we shift gears? What, what's God been saying and who wants to go first? Well, I think um, I, I was praying specifically for this church. I started, what are you saying to our Lords? And I just got really quiet. And I said, what is your heart for this church? And I just started seeing people's faces. I saw Esther's face. I saw Kaylee's face. 
And all these faces just started coming up, and I saw the Lord's love for his church. The Lord loves his church. And then I just started hearing this song that I hadn't heard since I was a little girl that says, I will change your name, your new name. Well, you're, you will no longer be outcast, wounded, lonely, or afraid. And I saw the Lord taking like a magic uh, eraser and erasing things that people have written over themselves. Outcast, afraid, lonely, wounded. And instead the Lord took like a tattoo, which was his word, and he started writing over people. Confidence, one who fears my name, friend of God. And I just feel like as the Lord changes our name, that he's changing us as well as people. He's speaking things out over us. And it's things that are all in here. But I feel like the Lord is releasing a spirit of confidence for us to step into those things and not just read them and say, yes, I'm an overcomer, or yes, I'm a child of God, but really step into it. We are overcomers. We are children of God. We are the army of the Lord. And to really walk in a new authority and power. And, and I just, again, I just felt like it was just married with his love married with his love. He loves his church. His passion is for the church. You don't die for something you don't love. And so my response was just praise. And I think that that's how everything is punctuated, is with praise. Just like we did this morning, praising the Lord because he changes us and he makes us in who he created us to be. It's going to be tough to not do five mini ministry times here. But I I'm going to ask at times, Melissa, I want you to pray that because I do think there are quite a few of us that that just hits right, right home. So we just pray. And if that's you, you can put your hands out. You can lay hold of that. Receive that. Pray for us. Father, I just, I come in your mighty name and I thank you that all authority rests on you. And this morning, I just ask that you would erase the words that people have owned over their lives that are not from you. And instead, would you tattoo on people's hearts this morning, overcomer, confidence, friend of God, mighty warrior, that you would just erase the words that Satan wants to speak over us and that you would rewrite our name as you call it, each one of us out. You would just write individual names over people, over families, over generations, and that we would be known as children of God, marked and different. In Jesus' holy name. I think that many of us will want to go back and listen to this, you know, because there will be things in it, and this is going to be a kind of high-octane stuff. So we're going to do our best to take it in. Who's next? Well, on the topic of what is the Holy Spirit saying to the church, I was at a worship night a couple of nights ago and I saw uh, a guy about my age worshiping and I just heard this uh, word like, I don't know, like you have like earbuds in almost, it's just like Ephaphatha. And I go, Ephaphatha, that sounds really familiar. So I start flipping through Mark and um, in Mark 7.33, I mean, he speaks to me almost exclusively through scripture. I mean, it's just, I, I wish I got cool pictures, tattoos and hearts, but I, it's, it's the word for me. Um, 
And, and I, it was the passage where Jesus is um, praying for the man who can't, he, he's mute and he's deaf. And it says, after he took him aside away from the crowd and Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. And as I'm reading this, I'm going, oh, no, because I remember Brock at a, when Steve Nicholson said, he said, sometimes God calls us to do the weird things like this. I was going, oh, no, 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 no. And it says, and then he spit and touched the man's tongue. I'm like, no, Jesus, no, sir. Um, and he looked up to heaven with a deep sigh and he said to him, Ephaphatha which means be opened. At this, the man's ears were opened and his tongue was loosened and he began to speak plainly. Um, and so I went up and prayed for him. I said, I, I sense the Lord saying that he wants to open your ears to hear the voice of God and that through that, he's going to loosen your tongue to speak the things that you hear. And that was the word I had for him. Um, and he brought that back to mind a couple days ago while I was praying. And I sensed the Lord saying, that's a word he has for this uh, body. I even just sensed the Lord saying, Ephaphatha. Uh, to the ears in this church, like be opened in Jesus' name. And I sense uh, as he's going to start speaking to this body um, in the word and in dreams um, and in pictures and the mundane things of everyday life, uh, I sense that he's going to speak those things to you and that he's going to loosen your tongue to speak them out to others and uh, declare what you hear him saying. And so, yeah, Lord, I do just pray, Ephaphatha, ears be opened in Jesus' name. Kathleen just said, preach it. Let's preach it, brother. So I'm, I'm thinking, too, what we'll do afterwards is each of you can be on ministry team. And then if there's a particular thing that's drawing you, you should go and get prayer. And we may need multiple people to do that. But I think some themes are going to come up. Okay, who's next? Um, yeah, so I was asking the Lord specifically for our church. And... You know, we talk about being an army a lot. And so I felt like he was saying just like an army has to know their position and know their authority, um, it, that informs your posture. And, and so I just started unpacking that and asking him, what, is he, what do you mean by that? And, and I, I looked up position, which means a particular way in which someone or something is placed or arranged. And our posture is a particular way of dealing with or considering something, an approach or an attitude. And so I just heard him speaking to me about know your position. Know your position in Christ. Um, you have to know who your commander is, what your authority is, um, what your commands are, what the lay of the land is. And then you got to know how to posture yourself. And so just as an example, I said, he said, you're seated with Christ in the heavenly places. And so based on that, that gives you confidence and authority. Um, your attitude and your approach to the times we live in shifts. But then your, our posture is seated at his feet. And so at his feet is where um, humility comes from. It's where we get fed. Um, it's where relationship with him happens. And so I, I get confused with authority. You know, and I hear, I'm seated with Christ, and, and I get uh, squeamish, but when I think about sitting at his feet and looking up into his face, I feel really safe and really confident. Um, and so it shifts things. And, and really what I sensed in this question, too, like Luke said, there's an invitation for all of us to ask him about what our position is, um, for all of us to be asking, what are you saying to the churches? And if you want to use that as a prompt 
What's my position? We're positioned as children, co-laborers, co-heirs. There's so many things in the scripture that talk about who we are in Christ. And then ask him, how do you want me to posture myself? Um, I felt like one thing he had for us as a body is um, seated at the table. That's a posture. And I felt like some people needed to hear that this morning, that you have a place at the table. You're invited. There's a seat for you. So pull up a seat and feast on the goodness of his kingdom. And in that, um, when we pull up a seat and we, we taste his goodness and we see for ourselves, something happens in us that we just want to give it away. So there's relationship and there's things that we get seated at the table. And then it does something that we want to invite others into. I guess I'll go. Um, <laughs> the the verse that, that keeps coming to mind, I think I, I kind of have two things, but the, the verse that keeps coming to mind is um, uh, in Colossians 1, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And there's something about that. <laughs> And, and really what I, I feel like God is saying to us is that we got to get it deep inside of us. We got to get it deep inside of us. Because there's places that he wants to take us and places that he wants us to go and ministries that he wants to form out of us. And Christ is the foundation of it all. He's the chief cornerstone. And there's something about having Christ formed in us that unlocks our identity in him. Um, and even as we were sitting here talking this morning, this weird dream that I've been trying to parse out, whether or not it's, you know, it's from God or if it's something from something else. But I, I asked him, I was like, hey, God, if that's something you have, like, would you just keep bringing that up and keep pestering me with it. And he, he kind of did. And as I'm sitting here, um, he kind of unlocked a portion of it. In this dream, there were keys, um, like hotel keys that people had dropped off whenever they were no longer staying in this hotel. And I think it's the hotel's kind of like this transitory thing. And so this is our transitory home right now until the new heavens, the new earth come. And these people have been dropping off their keys because each key, each piece of authority that people have is unique to them and their assignment to God. And I feel that there's specifically right now identities that he wants us to walk into and Christ being formed in us is part of that identity that then we actually grab hold of that authority. We grab hold of that key. We're able to then go out and walk in our destiny. And there's something about the identity that we have as a church, as a body that's unique, not just in our city, not just as part of the vineyard, not just as part of this, but it's unique because God has given us this specific identity that we have. It's even what, another part of the dream that I had was that as driving along in a car, a road was being built as the car was being driven, and there was even the instruction of the Lord coming which way to turn, and 
if the car went too fast, the car went off the track. And so there's something about listening to God, finding that identity, Christ being formed in us in this season that really is a, a foundation for where I feel that he wants wants us to go. And I, 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 I don't know what it looks like at the end of the day. I don't know outside of the new heavens and new earth descending and the Lord being there and being our light. And that's really what it, what it's all for. But there's something about walking into that identity that um, I really feel is going to, this is a, this is kind of big, but I, I feel it's going to disrupt the kingdom of darkness over, over this region. Um, and it's, uh, and it's already happening. We already see it now where everyone's carrying this light out with them. But um, yeah, that's good. I heard some friendship in that. He said, Lord, I want you to pester me. Someone might say, well, does the Lord pester us? That's just friendship talk there. Jesus in Revelation 3 says, I knock on the door of the church. And he's pretty persistent. So I think that there's biblical precedent for the Lord knocking. You know, it's called the hounds of heaven for a reason. Because the Lord will lock in to us. And if we get in his crosshairs of love, he will come and knock. So he was knocking, right? And you're like, keep knocking. Okay, Kathleen. Okay. Um, you want to hear my 520s? Okay, the first one was Second Samuel 520. And it's David who inquires of the Lord. He says, should I go up against these Philistines? And the Lord said, yes, go up. And when they do, he follows the instructions that God gives him. And the Lord of the breakthrough shows up. And I believe that's one of the things he's saying is the Lord of the breakthrough wants to show up here. The second one I heard was Ecclesiastes 5.20. And it talks about not being too concerned about things that are going on because you're so occupied with gladness of heart. So joy, joy's a good one. The third one I heard was First uh, uh, Thessalonians 5.20. And it says, don't despise prophecy. So be discerning. And then my son from California was spending the night with me. He was here a couple weeks ago, and I told him I was waking up at 5.20. And the next morning he said, okay, Mom, you didn't wake up at 5.20, but I did. And I said, well, so what did he tell you? And he said he told him Ephesians 5.20. Be thankful in all things. So those are the 520s. Um, what I heard for this body is that uh, we are an army. And God is linking us arm in arm. Uh, that's unity. He has put on us the breastplate of righteousness. And I saw a picture of white T-shirts. We all have white T-shirts on, but they're the kind, like in Lord of the Rings, you know, that mithril stuff, that impenetrable armor covering us. And on the front it says, King of Glory. Um, we have combat boots on. And what I heard, these are the shoes of peace, but it's peace through strength. Um, we have a two-edged sword, which is the Word of God. The older I get, the more I depend on the Word, and the more I dive deeper into the Word than I ever have in my whole life. It will hold you up your whole life. Um, our foreheads 
Ezekiel 3.9 are like flint against opposition. God did that. God gave Ezekiel a forehead of flint, and I feel like he's doing that with us. Our minds are like Joshua and Caleb when they went into the promised land. They said, my God is bigger than any giant I face. Um, I've heard words like God is launching us like he did Peter. In Luke 5, 4 through 11, he, he said, Peter, just go out again one more time. And Peter said, but Lord, I fished all night long. And I didn't catch one thing. But because you say so, I'll go out. And I feel like this is a word to those of you that are tired of fishing all night and getting nothing. You're exhausted. But God is saying, go launch out into the deep. It said that he caught so many fish that day that it practically sunk the boat. And for those of you that saw The Chosen in that episode, <laughs> he was about to lose everything. And God gave him more money than he could ever imagine through fish. I feel like it's a word for evangelists. Go out into the deep and expect overflow. And I think it's a word for those of you in finance. Launch out into the deep and expect overflow. Um, I also heard repositioning. Don't be surprised if he repositions you into some place that is more suited for you. And then my last thing, I had a picture of the Father and Jesus, and they were smiling at me really close. And the Father said to me, he's got the keys. And Jesus was shaking this ring full of keys, and I knew he meant the keys to the kingdom, which is binding and loosing. If we're an army, you've got to learn what to bind. Whatever is bound on earth shall have already been bound in heaven, and whatever is loosed on earth shall have already been loosed on earth. Those are keys to the kingdom. We're marching forward into the future in its uncharted territory. Uh, new wine is here. It really is. Got to check your wineskin. Make sure it's new. And we are full of love and power as we march together. Preach it. I'm grateful to each of you. I'm grateful that we have the gifts of God in our church, and each of you are a gift of God. So why don't we give thanks for these folks up here. We could keep going. Maybe this is part one. We could. So I, I heard many themes throughout this, but the one that just keeps coming up over and over again is an invitation into the scriptures. So church, let's uh, dig in, dive in. If you remember way back, we were looking at the book of Revelation and chapter 10, the Lord said to John, eat the book, eat the scroll, and then go prophesy. So I just want to invite us as a church, eat the book every day. It's the most scrumptious, nutritious, fascinating thing that you can do. Eat the book. 
the good stuff, the challenging stuff, the bitter stuff, the difficult things, and then the Lord will release us as a prophetic church. So thank you very much. And what I want them to do is uh, when we have ministry time here in a few minutes, they can come up here and line up and you can come and receive prayer and they will give away what God's been giving them. So thank you very much.